Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial. Now, here's your host, Patrick Donahoe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio. Wasn't that a cool, uh, cool bumper music? That was pretty. That was pretty rad. We actually, uh, we actually did that bumper on uh, on Elance, Elance.com. Be able to get a, a contractor from all contractors from all around the world. It's amazing what uh, what capitalism can do. But we uh, we're broadcasting live. It's a beautiful uh, beautiful Wednesday morning in in, uh, in Salt Lake City, and uh, this is the inaugural Wealth Standard Radio uh, live broadcast. And so we're uh, we're excited for those of you who are joining us live. Uh, so you can uh, you can access this uh, this live radio uh, program every other Wednesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, and I'm going to host quite a few of uh, of these radio programs. But a lot of uh, the guys here at Paradigm Life will also be uh, be hosting. And today I have a special guest, Justin Atkinson. Justin, how's it going? Hey, good. You How look, are you? You're looking good today. You always have like you and John have these amazing shirts. Yeah. You got to show everybody up. <laughs> you got to have some good color, you know. You got to spice it up. That's very true. That's very true. But we, uh, th- this is the inaugural podcast, and uh, and the reason why we uh, we switched from uh, Infinite Banking Radio uh, is for a variety of reasons. But you can go back and access uh, all of our past podcasts and radio programs. Uh, we have several years of just really good content, really good guests. And, uh, and so you can access that uh, on, our, on our website, which is www.paradigmlife.net. Uh, you can also access a lot of the feed from uh, TuneIn, from the TuneIn app. That's where we're primarily going to be broadcasting the new program. But you can also access uh, the past programming as well. So again, the reason for the switch is you know, in, infinite banking is really the foundation of Paradigm Life. It's a concept that has nothing to do really with traditional commercial banks. Uh, it's it's a basically a program and a process that you can implement in your personal finances, which will really enhance any financial situation, whether you are a, uh, a, a nine to five paycheck to paycheck, or you are a multimillionaire real estate investor or business owner. And uh, so we're not necessarily, we're not gravitating from that. But infinite banking, the idea is uh, it is proprietary. It's a trademarked idea and patent by R. Nelson Nash. Uh, he created the concept in the 1980s and popularized it with his book in the year 2000. He wrote the, it's crazy because he wrote the book when he was like, you know, 60 plus years old. Now he's, you know, pushing 85. Uh, but it's, a, it's an amazing concept. But we've just found at Paradigm that uh, looking at somebody else's uh, proprietary information, their trademark, uh, you know, we don't really have control over that. And there are other, you know, uh, shops and companies and agencies that are using that name and not necessarily representing it the right way. So we're trying to kind of push away from that a little bit. Uh, but we're still using the concept that is our bread and butter. Uh, just because it works, it's always worked. And it has a history that most people don't really realize. So last week, I was um, actually doing a program with, uh, with Donald Trump Jr. down in, uh, down in Florida. And it's just that they, he does a, a business spotlight and it was awesome because right before in the green room, before we went live, uh, we were just talking. He was asking about our business. And within five minutes explaining the business, he's like, you know, th- I've never heard of that before, but it makes all the sense in the world. So it was really cool for me to see that. I mean, not, not that I needed uh, extra validation, but coming from somebody that, you know, is the, the CEO of, of Trump Enterprises, uh, who's helped, you know, build multiple businesses 
uh, a lot of real estate projects, developments, taking over his dad's, you know, business. It's, it's really cool to hear that, that feedback. Um, and so uh, obviously the concept of, of infinite banking, uh, Paradigm Life's foundation is infinite banking. That's what we've done. That's what we've seen the most impact with our clients and we're going to continue to do so. But the wealth standard is going to be a little bit different. Now, the reason why we called it the, uh, the wealth standard is, uh, because we, you know, there's a, there's a, a gold standard, which has become, you know, popularized just because of a lot of the federal reserve influence over the last decade or so, two decades. And, uh, and so the gold standard is something that people are really looking toward because what it does is it creates a standard for money. Now, we're not going to talk about the gold standard today, but we're going to talk about just the wealth standard, which is aligning your financial life with principle. Most people today are uh, aligning their financial life with other people's opinions, other people's ideas, and speculation. And looking at the results of people's finances, uh, there's, it, it's, it's uh, atrocious. Uh, you look at the amount of credit card debt that's out there. You look at the mortgage debt. You look at people living paycheck to paycheck. You look at the government debt. I mean, we're in, a, we're in financial chaos right now uh, just because what people believed to be true wasn't. But yet they continue to do it. So we're going to talk a lot about that uh, today. Um, so a few, a few other things about uh, Paradigm Life. Then I'm going to have Justin introduce himself. Uh, but Paradigm Life has been around for, uh, since 2007. And uh, we started probably at the best time, right before the recession, probably the best time to start a business. Um, so being facetious, it was a very difficult time uh, to start Paradigm Life, but we operated basically using this concept and trying to do everything virtually. We uh, have a background in internet marketing, a background in uh, doing business virtually over the phone through webinars. And so through 2007, 2008, 2009, as the business was built, uh, we did everything virtually. So we would uh, attract clients over the internet. We would conduct all of our consultations through webinars. And, uh, and you know, it took a little while to get, to get up and running. But, uh, um, you know, in 2009, 2010 is, is really where we turned the corner. And uh, things started to go really well. And right around that time, we, uh, we met Justin Atkinson. Justin is um, one of our senior advisors. He's been with us for a little over two years now. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's such a joy to have him in the office because he carries with him uh, a tremendous amount of experience. He's also one of the best communicators that I've ever met. And uh, so obviously, you know, Justin, you, uh, you have made a huge difference here at Paradigm. But why don't you give uh, the listeners a background of who you are, where you came from, and, uh, and you know, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thanks, Pat. Um, you know, it's, it's nice of you to say that about, uh, about communicating and everything because, uh, you know, if, if you just go back to my, my roots, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a boy from small town Kansas. I mean, my hometown is 900 people. I mean, it's just a tiny, <laughs> tiny little town, and today it's probably still 900 people. You know, it, it just doesn't change because yeah. I think people like me just realize that, hey, you know, there's more opportunities out there, so i got to get out of this little, little place. Little town, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but, you know, the one thing, though, that I brought with me that, uh, that I know my parents instilled with me as well is, is just bottom line integrity. Uh, being forthright with individuals and uh, and and work hard. I mean, my dad, uh, my dad's a great example of that. He came from, uh, you know, a, a family that basically just fell apart when he was young. He lost his lost his mom and his two brothers in a tornado when he was 15 years old, and he lost his dad just about six months later. So wow. he's he 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 he's kind of had to learn how to do things on his own. And uh, and so he went out, started his own business, and he's he's actually just transferring that business to my to my little brother right now. And uh, and so what I learned from all of that growing up is, you know, if if you want it, you got to go out and create it. Nothing is handed to you. Nothing nothing is given. Nothing's for free. And so there's a lot of those qualities that came uh, that that I got from just growing up. And then of course, you know, I ended up uh, 
moving out of that little town, you know, ended up making my way out here to Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, went through school and, um, you know, actually got a degree in architecture. Um, and so I've, I've always had that flair for design. I've always had that flair for, for looking at complex situations and being able to put things together. And, uh, and so I got that, got the design, uh, the degree in that. And then, uh, and then of course ended up, uh, doing some general contracting work, built some custom homes, did a lot of work with that. And, uh, so I've seen the con seen the construction side of things, seen the real estate side of things, have a lot of experience with that. Um, and then ended up, uh, you know, learning about financial services and had an opportunity, uh, to jump into that. And I've been in financial services now for close to 15 years. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so this is this is really something that's been interesting. Everything that I've done that's led up to this moment has assisted me to be where I am today, yes. and and all of that experience and all of that knowledge, uh, I'm able to bring forth into the in you know working with every client, and so yeah, I know it was what was cool is that you know, and I I I feel that there are very few coincidences in life, and it was really cool to see how you came to connect with us because one of our other advisors, John Stewart. Uh, was a good friend of yours and no, and had known you for years, but never knew really what you did. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it was uh, it was Holly, it was your wife, and and John were talking one day, and uh, you guys came to the realization that you did the same thing, and so that's kind of what the introduction was uh, was made. Um, but no, it's it's uh, it's amazing because you you know as you kind of transitioned throughout your financial services career, I mean you started doing uh, a few things here and a few things there, and then gravitated to what we do even before you came on board with mm -hmm. uh, with Paradigm. But it was roughly the the same thing, yeah. and so it was really just cool kind of how you know worlds align sometimes yeah that that was really an int interesting process because uh you know i started in the financial services i've always been more on the conservative side of things to make sure that i uh, i take care of my clients and i sleep well i mean at night i go to sleep and i know that i don't have to worry about anything especially yeah. even with what my clients have done yeah. um but yeah that was an interesting process because uh you know i i was i i ended up finding out about infinite banking yeah. and and for me just like you were saying about uh with uh, donald trump's son mm -hmm. When I saw it, I'm like, that's the biggest no-brainer I've ever seen in my life. It's like, <laughs> why wouldn't you do this? Yeah. Like, this is this is incredible. Yeah. And so as soon as I saw it, I'm like, okay, this has changed everything. And I went in full bore, and that's everything I've done ever since then. Um, and that that's been a number of years ago when I when I jumped into infinite banking. And uh, and so yeah, I was doing that, and I always knew, okay, there's there's got to be another group. There's got then I know there's something more, and there was that there was that natural knowing inside of me that was saying that okay, there's something else out there. But but I, I ended up working with this other group uh, because you know they they also were doing the infinite banking, and mm -hmm. I'm like okay, well this is what I know now, so I'll go ahead and go with that. And then all of a sudden that's when my wife Holly met met with John, yeah. and and all of a sudden the connection happened. And then when when uh, when I talked to John and he mentioned Paradigm Life, yeah. you know you talk about kind of no accidents how things happen. Yeah. There was that there was that part of me that just clicked and said this is it this is the group that i know i get to be a part of and uh and and that, and since i came over i mean there's there is no other group out there from what i've experienced and i've, I've experienced quite a few different groups there's no other group out there like paradigm life yeah. and it comes it comes with uh, a little bit of difficulty too being in that position because we've you know we experience this on a daily basis this is actually one of the topics of the discussion that i had with uh with trump was uh you know it's it's the challenge of what we're doing because we are really challenging the status quo we're challenging what everybody has been taught uh to be the right thing and it's hard sometimes to to bring that type of truth because it comes you know it comes with a lot of pushback and we experience that it never gets e it never gets easier yeah, um, yeah. but at the same time looking at that significant pushback 
uh, it is, you know, it is a, uh, a green flag to tell us that what we're doing is, uh, is the right thing, especially as we see the result in the, in the lives of our clients. But let's yeah. kind of, let's kind of get into that and get into kind of the, the, the philosophy behind the well standard and how we're trying to build this brand, how we're trying to build this concept. So the radio program is part of it, but the well standard is, is, uh, is going to be a combination of a few things. So um, some of you that are listening have maybe have uh, been exposed to some of our marketing where we're doing these live stream videos to really build the reaction that we want to see in relation to um, you know, our ideas and why people don't necessarily agree with our ideas. And the reason why we're doing those live videos is, is because uh, we want to write a book. And so these live vid- videos, it's really interesting because as we've been doing them, people get really frustrated with us because what we do in those videos is we talk about, you know, the, the, the market. We talk about, you know, inflation. We talk about you know, all these different things. And people are like, well, why don't you talk about what you're doing? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> there's all, and, and the purpose, and I can understand what they're saying, um, but we're bagging on a lot of these other things just because, you know, it's so prevalent and there's so much influence out there to putting money in your 401k, putting money in the stock market, buying mutual funds, yada, 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 that the market's going to do this, the market's going to do that. And it, it's the same rhetoric over and over and over again. And, you know, w- with what we've been able to do with, you know, the calculator systems and the software systems, we can disprove it. And we, ha- and we have, but yet it's not necessarily the convincing power uh, that individuals need to really change, you know, change their behavior. So what we're trying to do in the Well Standard video series is really just drive why, like why do you believe that way? Why does it make sense to you? And and it's very it's fascinating just to see people's reaction because nobody knows really how to react. They don't know the why. <laughs> they know that well, everybody else is doing it. It seems you know, and that word seems it seems like the right thing to do, but pe- people really can't articulate why it's beneficial for them. It's really, it's really fascinating. So if you guys want more information about these videos, so we've actually recorded them. So you can go to the, the wealthstandard.com. So www.thewealthstandard.com. And the first two parts of that series is on there and, and uh, you can play them there. You can comment. And we're not, you know, no holds barred in the comments. We have people, you know, swearing at us and calling us names and saying we're full of crap. And that's fine. I mean, that's, you know, that, again, that kind of brings up this idea behind the challenge of really challenging the status quo. So we're going to do another one uh, next next Thursday evening at 6. And we're going to do two follow-ups to that. And like I said, uh, these are really going to help us build a, uh, a book. And so we're going to transcribe Uh, A lot of the videos, we're going to use the responses, the testimonials, the questions, and just the ideas that are coming from you, our listeners, to help write the book. We don't don't want to just come up with the content and, and hope that you get it. We want to make sure that you get it. So that's a really big part of why we're doing these video streams. Now, a second part of those videos is we're going to uh, actually create an e-learning program behind it. So we're going to have the book. The book is going to outline the philosophy. It's going to outline the ideas. Uh, and then we're going to have an e-learning program that backs up pretty much everything that we, we are saying. And so that's going to be in conjunction with, uh, with writing this book. And then we're also going to have a piece of technology. And this technology is going to be on the same website as the e-learning. And the technology is going to be nothing more than a way to ensure that you're aligned with the well standard. It could be um, an IQ test, we're, which we're coming up with. It could be different financial products that you have a part as a part of your foundation and this isn't just you know this isn't a foundation that's specific to one demographic it's a foundation that's specific to everybody regardless of what you're going to do financial uh, because we invest in real estate we invest in businesses we invest in a lot of other things but we have our foundation secure 
in advance of doing that. And that's really what the wealth standard is about, is ensuring that that foundation is secure before you start going out and taking the, the bet, making the bets in regards to, you know, your, your investments and, and so forth. Um, so that's kind of the, the philosophy behind that. So Justin, as, as you've kind of been exposed to what my vision is in regards to the wealth standard, um, I know it's not really different from, from what we do, but how do you feel it is, um, is going to help individuals maybe better understand uh, what we do and how it relates to them? Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I always like to do whenever I'm, you know, communicating with clients or, or teaching concepts is I, I like to use word pictures. Uh, I think word pictures are, are very, very powerful because it's always something that somebody can walk away from the conversation. They'll always remember, oh, okay, they bring up the picture like, oh, I remember what they talked about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the one thing that, that keeps coming up for me when, you, when you're talking about the wealth standard is, is a pyramid. And, uh, and with the pyramid, of course, whenever you look at it, and you just think of the pyramids out uh, uh, you know, in Egypt. Egypt. I mean, yeah. these things are, are massive. Yeah. And, have, you, uh, have you been? Have you been there before? No, I've I've actually never been Me there. Either, That's yeah. one place I'd love to go. I okay. think it, I think it'd be great. Yeah. But uh, I'd just like to go inside of it and just feel what it's like to have all those stones on top. You know, that, <laughs> I know some people would say That's crazy. That's That'd probably not what everybody else wants. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a little crazy. My wife probably wouldn't like that too much. But um, but but again, with the pyramid, you look at the, those things, and and they have a huge base to them. They have a huge foundation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, of course, that foundation is essential because without it, the pyramid's going to crumble. It's going to fall. And so if you just picture a big pyramid uh, and see that, you know, they've got the foundation. And really what we're doing here with the well standard, that's mm-hmm. the foundation. And, uh, and if, you, if you take those same pyramids and if you flip them upside down so that the point of it is sitting on the ground, what's the likelihood that that pyramid's going to be able to stand stay up straight? Very good point. Wow. Yeah. It, it's going to fall over. Not very likely at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and so, unfortunately, what a lot of times people do is they say, you know what? I don't want to start out with that foundational piece. I don't want to build up my savings. I don't want to build up that boring stuff. I want to go for the risky stuff that's fun and exciting yeah. and, yeah. and uh, you know, and wow, you know, I can, I can make, you know, hit, hit the grand slam home run on the, you know, right up the first up the plate. Yep. But the odds of that happening again are very, 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 very slim. Yep. And and people making those bets, looking at what results in the failure is a lot of the catastrophe that people are experiencing in life. It could yep. come from, you know, uh, physical abuse. It could be divorce. It could be bankruptcy. It could be family separation. It could be chaos between your your children, your relationships at work, your relationships in your community. I mean, look at the result. Looking at the result of people starting at the top of the pyramid as opposed to the bottom is uh, is, is pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the top of the pyramid in this example is putting money into places that are extremely risky. And of course, the stock market is is the largest legalized gambling casino in the world. Yeah. And uh, and so right there, I mean, you can put money into the stock market, and that's where a lot of people start with what they call their savings. Mm-hmm. But what people don't realize is they're actually investing; they're not saving. Yep. And if you don't have that firm foundation of your savings in place first, if you start with investing, the likelihood that you're going to crumble and fall is going to be pretty high. And and that whole, I mean, we can go off on a huge tangent here if we wanted to, but we won't. But that whole system exists not for the benefit of people, but for the benefit of those that are actually operating the system. Yeah. So people don't realize is that looking at, you know, go, just go to New York City. I mean, if you don't believe us, just go there and look at the cost of living. Look what people drive. Look what people do. And a lot of that comes from the fees that are charged uh, individuals mm-hmm. to, to manage their money. And it's not necessarily managed uh, well at all. And, and the proof is in the pudding based on a lot of the financial statistics that are out there. Yeah. But as you're, as oh, you're, here's, here's one more thing, though, sure. too, that's interesting is that – and this is the picture that keeps coming to me. And I actually shared this with one of my clients uh, 
actually just this week, and, and he got a kick out of it. It was pretty funny because um, we talk about what we're doing and, and how, it's, how it really kicks against the norm, the norm and, mm-hmm. and everybody's doing all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my favorite Farside cartoon. And you can go up and Google this, and you'll, you'll find it and pull it up. But it shows a, a, a whole herd of sheep going in one direction. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happens is this, this whole herd of sheep is getting right to the edge of the cliff, and they're going off the cliff. And then there's one sheep right in the middle of the herd going yeah of the herd going in the opposite direction it's the black sheep yeah. <laughs> and it has in the caption right above above it it says excuse me excuse me yeah. and uh and so so again it's it's one of those things you know we look at the system today and there's and based on st- the s- statistics and mm-hmm. you said this earlier mm-hmm. that i mean it shows us that it's not working but the herd is still moving in that direction mm-hmm. and so so we get to be that that black sheep in a way to say you know what guys there is another way yeah and it's hard you know i i think uh, in the society that we've grown up in, and we were discussing this before, you know, we got on got on air. But the society we've grown up in, we're we're kind of taught or to taught to be a sheep. Uh, we're we're taught to conform. We're taught to be a part of a group. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being a part of a group. But the instant that that takes away from your ability to think and make your own decisions and know the result of those decisions or the consequences of those those decisions. That is the destructive nature of a group, mm-hmm. okay? Because we're all individuals. We all are born with the ability to rationalize and think. And if we follow a group, I'm not saying that that's good or bad, um, but once we get to the point where we're doing, we're acting, we're behaving, not because of our own wherewithal, but that of the groups, that is destructive. Mm-hmm. That takes away, and, it, and it's, a, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you're either progressing or digressing. Your ability to think, your ability to rationalize, your ability to, um, you know, to make your own decisions, live your own life is diminished the more you conform to that group. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you know, we're a group at Paradigm. right? We're a group. We're a business. We try to conform to a specific philosophy, but we do not t- try to take away from a person's ability to be autonomous, to be their own individual, to be, um, you know, be able to think because we recognize that a group – is, uh, is powerful because of the ideas and thinking that exists among the individuals that are a part of that group. And yeah. I think these days, you're right. I mean, it's the herd of why people are buying this, why people are buying that, why people put money into this, put money into that, why they're doing this. They have to keep up with the Joneses. They have to buy this house. They have to buy this car. The proof is all over the place. And you get to the why, and it really is just I want to feel like I'm a part of the group. I want to feel like I fit in. And it's mm-hmm. super destructive because that really creates chaos and catastrophe in, in people's financial lives. So, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I mean, Pat, you're you're a great guy, but uh, imagine if every single person in the world was Patrick. Yeah, it, it sucked to be yeah. Patrick. <laughs> sucked for me to you be know, Patrick. You know, and so and 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 that's that's the beauty of the individuality yeah. of everybody. Yeah. We all we all have our own part, our own our own gift to bring. Yep. And, uh, and and that gets that gets to be fostered, and then they get to have a foundation from once you can do that, yep. and that's what's so powerful about the wealth standard. And I think you know, and as we kind of conclude our, our podcast for for today, we're going to go just about a half an hour. Um, but the there is so much opportunity today. There uh, there's a huge wealth standard or wealth uh, transfer that's in the process of happening. Now the wealth this wealth massive wealth transfer it's the biggest in history tens of trillions of dollars. And if you don't really, I mean, I, I think everybody's heard trillion. Go really look what a trillion dollars is as it applies to, you know, or as it uh, you know, relates or is compared to, you know, a billion dollars or a million dollars. 
the tens of trillions of dollars will change hands over the next generation. Now, it's not going to change hands, you know, with somebody giving money to somebody else. But there is a massive demographic that's going to be shifting gears from saving and putting money away to spending. And that spending is going to be on goods and services that apply to their well-being, which is going to be their life, their lifestyle in retirement. Goods and services don't just come by happenstance. Okay, goods and services are creating created by human beings. So you could have been you could be a, a, a W two employee for twenty years or thirty years. It does not mean that you cannot use your mind. Don't conform and go off and create goods and services that will be in demand by this demographic. It is profound to see what they're going to spend money on. Because I think this generation, the baby boomer generation, they're, you know, the post-World War II, they still have kind of an inkling of the Great Depression in their, you know, their subconscious that drives their behavior. And looking at what they're going to be trying to do is they're, they're, they're cheap, they're frugal. They want to get the most for the least. And so what do they need? They know they're going to live until they're 90. Okay? They know that they're going to need health care. They know they want to go travel and visit grandkids. They're going to figure out ways to get what they want for the cheapest way possible. And that's where you know, the whole idea of competition comes down, where you create technologies, you create businesses, you create ideas that are going to appease this demand. But you also have, obviously, them transferring money to charities, transferring money to uh, their kids in the next generation. And uh, having financial education associated with your family in that second part of this huge wealth transfer is also massively important. And that, again, is one of the reasons why we're creating the technology behind the wealth standard. Because it's not for you know, the mom and, mom and dad. It's not for the dad. It's not for just the mom. It's not for just the kids. It's for the entire family. Keeping money in your family is so much better than giving money to the government. And what's going to end up happening if people are not educated, tons of money is going to get transferred to the government. And we all know what type of steward they are over our tax dollars. So looking at things that you can do to keep wealth in the family. And I think a, a big reason, we hear this a lot of times from, from some of our older uh, experienced clients, is, uh, <laughs> is, is that they don't want to leave money to their kids because they don't trust them, because they didn't earn it, and they are going to, going to squander it. And the reason behind that is not because of who they are, but it's because of the education they have. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our e-learning is going to influence not just the parents and in, in transferring money to kids, but it's also going to uh, educate the children. It's going to educate full families so that wealth is kept, wealth grows, and it perpetuates, and it's used the best way possible. So that's another kind of big part of what we're trying to focus on with the wealth standard is really taking advantage of this shift in demographics and how that's going to affect the economy. Not, not just U.S. economy, but the world economy. Yep. Yeah, and that kind, of kind of comes back to that, uh, that pyramid again. It's, it's, it's creating that foundation. And, uh, and especially if there's something in place, if there's, if there's a system that can be passed on to the next generation, instead of just giving them money, then, then the baby boomers will feel a lot more comfortable, I would, I would think, as far as passing, you know, passing that money and saying, okay, this is the system, this is the way you're going to receive it, this is what you're going to do with it. And uh, in that way, it, it, it creates, it resolves a lot of those issues of, I mean, because you know what happens, people get money and then they just, they just spend it. Yep. It just, it just goes and they're wondering, well, what happened to my money? Because they don't have a system. So yep, exactly. this, this is perfect to have that in place. Uh, you know, the one other thing though, that, that I thought of while you were talking about the baby boomers there, and you, and you, you use the word com- uh, to compete, to have mm-hmm. competition. Yep. And, uh, and yes, there's going to be a lot of competition that's going to be created to be able to resolve the, the problems 
that we're going to be facing and the issues that, and the things that the baby boomers are going to be looking for. Uh, and then also all the other generations coming up uh, before them, you know, after them as well. And so th the one thing I found interesting about the word compete, because a lot of people think, oh, it's all about winning and losing. Yep, there's all, there's a, it's a zero-sum game. One person wins, yep. one person loses. Exactly. But, but actually, the true, the true root of the word compete, the Greek root of that, of that root, translated means to strive together. And, uh, and if you look at any, any situation you know, where, there's, where there's two parties that are really kind of going at each other, competing, mm -hmm. I mean, look at how much it pushes both sides to just bring out the absolute excellence in each other. Yep. And, uh, and, and I see, and that, that's what I love about the free enterprise system, is that it, it actually demands from each of us to keep stepping up every single day and keep digging deeper to find out, okay, what can I do? To how can better. I excel? Yep. And, uh, and that's the beautiful thing about the wealth standard. Yep is that, it, 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 again, it gives somebody that, that foundation where they have that money available to do whatever they want to do with it. Yep. There's no restrictions, limitations, penalties for that. I mean, yep. it's just available. Yep. But, part of that, but part of that system is accountability. So the mm -hmm. money's there, Absolutely. but you hold yourself accountable to using it productively. And that's a huge, it's so simple, but it's a huge part of this system because if you can get that into your mind and you can create that habit, then you won't make the emotional decisions that most people make when they take capital, take money, take credit, and go and buy. Mm -hmm. Because there's such an emotional drive behind that buying or investing. Buying, it's greed. Investing, it's greed. It's want, 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 whatever the, at whatever the cost. People don't really rationalize those decisions. So having this, having this system allows a person to really think through that. But you know, the competition thing, we did a, a, a kickoff uh, with Paradigm on Monday, and we talked about uh, Red Bull, right? And we used, you know, the, the Red Bull philosophy. And there's a, if you, you can go and research it, I think it's like high performance Red Bull. So if you search that, there's like this really cool curve. And on one, uh, you know, one axis, uh, it has performance, right? And then on the other axis, it has motivation. Okay, and they call it says arousal, but I think they should probably be better. You know, it's better to use motivation <laughs> than arousal. <laughs> but then the curve goes, you know, to maximum performance. Okay, maximum performance comes, it's kind of like a bell curve shape, mm -hmm. and maximum performance happens up there. But as we look through this video, maximum performance is driven because of a group, because of people competing. And so some of the videos that we looked at were, there were these, uh, it was like Cirque du Soleil, which uh, was one of the examples, and they were all doing like their uh, rehearsal, and they were all trying these flips and tricks and, you know, different things for a performance that they were going to do, but they were all uh, performing in front of one another, and they were pushing themselves to specific limits that they weren't at before. And it was really profound. And that happens in business. I mean, look at what happened yesterday. iPhone came, or, uh, Apple came out with, you know, the iPhone 6. And, you know, and a lot of it was as a result of what Samsung has done, right? If Samsung didn't do what they've done, would Apple really have come out yesterday with the iPhone 6? Who, who really knows? But chances are no, right? And so what's going to happen next? Samsung, Samsung's going to be like, Screw you guys. We're going and we're de developing this, 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 and this. Yep. And then what is Apple going to do after that? They're going to come and try to figure out a better way to, to make their – anyway, it's going to keep going on and on and on and on. It's part of human nature is if you can really understand the true nature of capitalism, it is about this ability to compete. And competing is good because there, it's not a zero-sum game. If you have the right perspective, both people will win in any type of competition. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's a win-win situation. Yep. And it's just like the statement uh, from the, uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, Shawshank Redemption. 
you either get busy living or you get busy dying. That's very true. And, uh, and so all of this, to, you know, really brings in a, a, an aspect of, of living because the, the, the human soul, it, it thrives on, on excelling and growing and expanding and learning. And that, that creates life. I mean, that's what life is all about. It's about learning. And, uh, and so all of this really, to me, is, is, is perfect. Yep. And uh, how great to have a system that you can do it in and have the accountability, too, so that you make sure that you do it within a system that works yep. and, uh, and you don't you know, do the herd mentality and yep. just spin, 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 spin with yep. no accountability. Yep. And that's the well-standard system. Is that you, and also you know whether you've won and whether you are you know, making progress or, or not. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of institute kind of a final thing as we you know end our, each of our program, and it's gonna call, be called uh, the wishbone moment. And so the reason why we're gonna call it the wishbone, you kind of thought it was crazy yesterday when I brought this up with you. <laughs> yeah, when but, you said uh, it, I was like, where are you going with this uh, one? <laughs> so the wishbone moment. So there's a there's a quote that I like which says, "The wishbone will never replace the backbone." The wishbone will never replace the backbone. And what I you can interpret that many ways. How I interpret that is being accountable. Okay, if you make a mistake, be willing to own up, being willing to be and be willing to be accountable. You say something and you don't do it, be accountable to say I didn't do it. I'm sorry, it's my mistake. I will do better. And I think uh, I think a lot of the world's issues right now, whether it's war, whether it's uh, economic issues, and we'll discuss the moment in just a second because it has to do with you know our government. Uh, but it's, it's it really comes about because people are not willing to say that they were wrong. Okay, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. It's part of this whole competition thing. If somebody beats you, if Samsung beats Apple, it's not like, you know, whining home to mommy. It's okay. They beat me, but now I'm going to take that and figure out a way to beat them and so on and so forth. So people continue to, to progress and strive. But if you're not willing to own up and be accountable to what you do and what you say, then, you know, there's not really much that's going to, to help you out. So yeah, we're yeah. going to use a moment. We're going to come up with kind of just, you know, news stories and headlines and whatever that points to, to points to this. And believe me, there are tons of them. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to use one that's, uh, that came out this week, and it was uh, a statement by uh, the Federal Reserve, our wonderful, you know, um, yeah, altruistic <laughs> – yeah, we could Body, go into a lot of a, a yeah, lot of things with that. But, we can uh, explain them in a few different words. Whole but, other conversation. But uh, but one of our one of our guys sent this uh, sent this article out, and it's interesting. You know, the federal the, the uh, and it was cool. If you got the there was a uh, one of our past podcasts was streaming right before this, and it was on Austrian economics. And so I would definitely, if you want more in- information on just kind of the Federal Reserve and our philosophy toward them, and and monetary policy, and just the economy in general, uh, listen to that podcast. That really kind of will will help you understand our view of things uh, from a financial perspective. Uh, but the federal the Federal Reserve, the you know the 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 what we were told, you know as a as a you know American population was that they were were to be the the lender of last resort if banks were to fail the the. Federal Federal Reserve would swoop in and give them reserves and, and whatever. But they have like morphed into this body that is essentially controlling the universe, right? And, and so they came attempting out, to, that's they're for attempting sure. to, you know, and, yeah. and they have, you know, their balance sheet has grown to, you know, four and a half trillion dollars. They've purchased trillions of dollars in, uh, you know, mortgage-backed securities, treasuries. I mean, it's a, it's just a cluster in my opinion. Uh, but they came out with this statement because Really, what they're doing is isn't working, right? They've been they've been uh, injecting all of this money into the economy, okay? and it's not working. Like they said, it was they're they're supposed to have better on uh, employment, and it you know it's just it's just terrible. There's more people out of the workforce now than ever. 
Uh, you know, and that they're not counted into the unemployment rate. It's, cr- it's crazy. You have 99 weeks of unemployment insurance. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's nuts. And this is what they did. They didn't own up to it. They didn't have a backbone. They pulled the wishbone card. And the wishbone card is, it's not our fault. They said, it's your fault. Pointing at the American public saying, you're hoarding money. You're saving and not spending. Okay, yep. and so it's and it's fascinating because is it is that true? Sure, in their perspective, but at the same time, the Federal Reserve tries to to operate on this calc on this equation that has fixed variables. But the thing is, when it comes to how an economy works, it's based on the true variable and fluctuating variable of human behavior, which you cannot control. Mm-hmm. You can't control a person to behave a specific way, but yet their equations are set up to think that they can determine how a person is going to behave. So they're blaming this entire catastrophe on us because we're not spending. And what's cool is within, you know, within this article that I was, that I was reading, it talks about you know, it's not because we're hoarding money. Some people are hoarding money, but other people are just barely getting by. Right, you have paycheck to paycheck. You have you know eighty million Americans that have collection accounts out against them. Okay, mm. does that represent hoarding? Right, and then you have you know the people making under you know thirty thousand dollars a year. I mean, it's it's just a lot of the statistics point to what they're talking about is just you know they're they're on a different plane of existence, um, and they're just trying to pass the blame onto someone else. And you know Janet Yellen probably isn't going to come up to you know to Wall Street and say you know you know me and Bernanke we were wrong. You know, we're wrong and uh, we're just going to quit this whole monetary policy thing and let the economy work as a free market. Never going to do that, of course. But essentially, that's what's having a backbone is, is letting, you know, this variable where humans behave, they buy what they want, they save what they want, uh, they use money the way that they want. That is a free market. And we can go off on a massive tangent Mm -hmm. here. But the idea is this is the blunder of the week. This is the wishbone moment of the week. Federal Reserve. I actually know there's a cool article. Oh man, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, Robert, uh, is it Wenzel or Wetzel? Uh, it's the I think it's the Economic Policy Journal. So he did a really cool article a few years ago uh, that talked about an interaction that he had with the Federal Reserve, basically stating a lot of the things that I just said, which is, listen, you're trying to stimulate the economy, assuming you know what people are going to do, but you don't. You've never known, and you're not going to know because human behavior is volatile and it's mostly irrational. You know, good luck trying to figure that equation. God could do it; you can't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the conclusion of that. You know, economic policy journal. But yeah. Robert Wenzel, I think, is the, the guy's name. Very, you know, really good economist. Makes some really cool points there. So there's our blunder of the week. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's, it's a perfect perfect word to say. That's the blunder. <laughs> uh, it fits really well. You know, and really, I guess, kind of just to wrap up on, on my side here, too, you know, we're talking about accountability. And, um, and, and to me, accountability is very simple. It simply means, if you break the word down, it simply means that you account for what took place. And, and a lot of times, uh, you know, humans, we seem to, we, we, we want to avoid stating what we actually did because we think that maybe what we did was wrong or good or right or whatever. And so all of a sudden there's all these other factors that come into play and and, and we maybe, maybe want to cover it up or, or or say, well, I didn't do that. It wasn't me. Um, But really there's, there's power in being accountable because you just simply honestly state what you did that created it. And, and what I found at least that with accountability, if you approach that leaving out blame or fault and what you did, and you just simply look at the choices that you made that created the situation being what it is, 
you're able to see aspects of what you did in a completely different light. And, and all of a sudden you begin to realize, oh my gosh, I, I did that. And maybe I even kind of had an inkling. I had a feeling that, you know what, that really wasn't the thing to do, but I did it anyway. And then all of a sudden when somebody starts to realize that, they begin to realize, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I actually already knew what to do, but I just didn't trust myself. <laughs> or I didn't trust other information that was coming my way, or I discounted it, or I avoided it, or yeah. I ignored it, all of those things. Yeah. And so to me, you know, really that's accountability. And, and that's having a backbone. Yep. That's owning up. That's saying, okay, this is what I did. And, uh, and that's exactly what the wealth standard does. Is it gives you that system where you can say, okay, this is what I did. This is the way I'm accounting for it. And, and, and it's very clear. That's a great point. Now, I think, I, I, like I said before, I think so many of the world's problems occur because people are not willing to admit that what they did was wrong. And again, it goes to the whole hurt. It goes to the, it goes back to the herd. The black sheep is the one that says, you know what? Yeah, that was me. My bad. You know, but everybody else is like, no, it's his fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. Because yeah. nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be, uh, you know, less or inferior to somebody else. And so, exactly. Anyway, so we'll have those moments, and we'll pull pull some of those each week, and maybe some of the other guys that are going to be doing this will come up with their own little, <laughs> you know, little moments. But this is going to be mine, the wishbone moment. So, all right, Justin, it was awesome. Uh, is this is cool? This is a good good yeah. inaugural podcast. I appreciate you being on. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, go to thewealthstandard.com. And uh, you can check out those uh, those past videos that we've done. Also, go uh, to our website www.paradigmlife.net. You can learn about more learn more about Paradigm Life. We have uh, some amazing resources, free resources on there that you have access to. Uh, mainly our e-learning program called Infinite 101. Okay, so that's it. Uh, we're signing off for this inaugural podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. You've been listening to Patrick Donahoe on the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard for everything financial. Thank you for listening.